boy, oh boy, do we have a great episode for you today. We all know about influencers, but have you ever come across a pet influencer? Of course, these influential animals are not writing their own captions or crafting their own content, but these cute creatures bring their personalities online via their owners. And today we are sitting down with one of those owners, Jacqueline Kaidel Martinez, who is the dog mom of Ray the Pitbull. Jack started Ray's Instagram account six years ago and has steadily grown the page to nearly 60,000 followers through sharing authentic moments and cute snaps of her pup. In this conversation, Jack gets honest about the reality of managing an influencer page, what the pet community is like online, how brands can better engage with their buyers through pet fluencers, and the challenges of limited time and resources when it comes to growing a following online. Whether you're wanting to turn your pet into an influencer, you're a brand manager curious about what it's like to work with pet influencers, or you're just a listener who's really curious about what this community is all about. This episode is packed with valuable wisdom and insight. Can't wait to share it with you. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Social Complex Podcast, where we are diving into the complex impact and influence of social media on brands, brains, and the bigger picture of our modern world. Here's your host, Hillary Applegate. Not for myself. My <laughs> my own personal channels, Hill, like you can see them there in shambles. So I don't. <laughs> I feel that at a core level. I, like people sometimes are like, oh, well, they don't really have a strong social media pop. Like they don't have their own personal social media put together. They don't know how to do social media. I'm like, no, no, no. You give everything to the pages that you manage and like you yeah. have no creative juice left. There's nothing left over. What are you supposed to do on your own page? Look, creative juice is your time. Exactly. You just don't want to look at it anymore. <laughs> and you're like, and then you're overthinking it. You know too much and you're looking at it and saying, well, is this the right time to post this? <laughs> like, am I... <laughs> 1130 at night. <laughs> Am I tagging all the people that I need to tag? Are like there's too much technicality almost that goes into it that's like, oh my gosh, this is such a pain in the butt. I don't I have so much admiration for people who um manage brand social media and then also manage like their personal stuff. Honestly, the dog in the background is very on brand for this <laughs> podcast. Very on brand. It's gonna happen so much. And I can't close that door because they'll either cry at it or one of them will open it and then it's just chaos ensues well it's a good thing that you work for such a um you work with such a dog friendly place yeah yeah um I mean our running joke is when we're having external calls that um like you're on a call with PetSmart don't apologize for your dog barking put them on the screen or you know your cat your cat walks right across the computer right like that stops a meeting dead in its track because we have to like learn the cat's entire backstory where do they come from what's their name what is this typical of their personality? Tell us more. Um, so you will hear lots of barking. Um, <laughs> we'll see how that shakes out. That's a okay. That's kind of the name of the game. So <laughs> you and I used to work together for like a brief mm-hmm. moment in history, and it was wonderful. Was it a year? Was it? <laughs> I think we got a year. I think so. I don't know. Wait, probably. I think it was like six months. <laughs> oh, I don't think it was that long. But even a year in the grand scheme, in the grand scheme of a career, is not that long. No, I enjoyed it as well, and I have been watching you go, you know, and do your thing, 
creatively on Instagram with Ray and then also personally the challenges and the wins that you've had and then professionally changing over into your current career. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing right now career-wise and personal-wise. Sure. So these days, I'm the director of external communications at PetSmart. Um, So I literally get to talk about pets all day long. Um, And it's as great as you would think it would be. And it's truly been this kind of coming together of some of the best parts of my life, which are my personal pets, um, my love of and career in communications, and just to see it all kind of coalesce into this moment has really been you know, one of those occasions where you just sit back and kind of look at your life from the outside and you're like, yeah, like this is great. And I did this and I'm really proud of it. So professionally, it's a great time. It's a good time to be alive. Um, Personally, it's an even better time to be alive. We uh, have our two dogs, Ray, who is our pit bull, who we're going to talk extensively about today. And uh, KJ, who's our senior mutt. And she is a personality unto herself, but just not as much of a diva as Ray. So she doesn't make as much of a camera appearance. Um, <laughs> and then adding to them, um, I've got my seven, 17 month old son um, and my husband, Brian. So just having a grand old time being a mom and a wife and a grand old time kind of rocking the space of pets and communications in my professional career. That's awesome. I am so happy for you. And just watching everything that you do from afar, I'm like always, I'm always cheering you on because when you landed at PetSmart, and then there were a few people too that landed from our network at PetSmart, I'm like, everyone makes so much sense. Like, I'm so happy that that team got together. Yeah, it's been a really cool coming together. I forgot that you know a few of those folks. And Mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's again, one of those moments where you're just like, how small is this world to see the different pieces kind of coming together in very unpredictable ways. So um, yeah, some incredible colleagues, colleagues that you feel so grateful to wake up and work with every day. That's awesome. I love that. So let's talk about your, uh, I don't even know what to call this, your passion project, your side hustle, raise Instagram presence. What is this? My, I, my problem probably, um, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm going to be so real about this, about what it's like to, I'm not an influencer, but to manage an influencer. And, you know, I think there's kind of like this um, entitlement conversation that starts happening out in the real world with influencers and Perhaps to a degree, there is a little bit of that with certain folks, but it's a job unto itself. Um, and, you know, for me, I, I have a job, I have a career. Um, and so I, I'm able to contribute as much time as I can to my problem. Um, but no, we're going to call it something nicer than that. Um, but it's, um, it's surprising how much time this takes up and I'm really only posting about every three days for Ray here. So I can kind of start at the beginning as I started Ray's Instagram account while still agency side. And it was at a time where Instagram was really starting to gain its footing as a dominating social platform. And I really used Ray's account to test new features, to try out Hmm, what if I change hashtags? What if I change post timing? What if I, you know, really before there were all these how-to manuals and this really well-known space that Instagram now occupies. And so it was my testing bed and I would use what I learned there to improve client accounts. Um, and 
pretty soon I was like, oh, I'm like kind of good at this. I should keep going. People want to see this stuff. And it has truly just snowballed from there. Taken on a life form of its own. She now yeah. sits at almost 60K followers on Instagram. Is that right? Yeah, almost 60K. So we're chugging along. Um, kind of, she's had some nice steady growth, not some of the, you know, wild trajectories that I think, um, you know, other dog, dog accounts, there's like a whole dog momager world. Um, <laughs> and I've seen some of our dog friends really skyrocket up into that six figure follower number. But, uh, you know, that hasn't quite happened for, for Ray. And it's, you know, truly due to how much time I'm able to invest in the platform, but we're doing really well, I think for what I can put in. How much time are you putting in? Would you say every week? If I kept tabs on that, I think it would make me sad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't tell you an exact amount. Um, I'm posting. I'm doing a real like every three days. So I do know that yeah. specifically. And I try to have stories always, always going. Um, but, you know, between responding to messages for, you know, 15 minutes here and there between engaging with other accounts. So Instagram can see that you're active. Um, I would say at least an hour a day, but it could certainly be more some days when I have a big post that's going live and I'm really having to do a lot of content moderator or comment moderation and um, keeping tabs on things to make sure that post stays alive. It stays, you know, it kind of continues to build this momentum. It can be a two hour day sometimes, um, especially if you add some filming in there. And that's like, and that's precious time for you because you don't just have your career and your family. Yeah. But you have, you have, where's your peace? You know, where's, where's your yeah. jack time? Yeah. It's, there are days where I do not open the app. I intentionally say, I can't deal with this. And, you know, it does hurt quote, quote unquote, it hurts the account. I, like I said, I don't, I've not grown as fast as some of the other um, dog accounts that I was kind of neck and neck with for a while in those early days. Um, and that's okay for me, for me being a side hustle, it's okay for me to have that trade-off. Yeah. That's a good mental space to be in when you're having that pressure looming mm -hmm. over you. You mentioned mm -hmm. that there was a whole dog pet momager group. Tell me about that world. Yeah, it's a great world. It's mostly dog moms. And um, sometimes, you know, you'll have a dog mom, dog dad running, running the account together. But for the most part, it's dog mamas. And, you know, truly all over from all over the US, a couple from, you know, places like Australia, we do have a running direct messages conversation going where we're, Hey, have you tried this feature? Hey. Um, and, you know, I think for all the businesses out there listening, know that influencers are talking about what it's like to work with your business. We do not live in silos. We chat and we hear about how businesses treats, uh, you know, other pet parents. And I think that's really important for, you know, your listeners to know and your clients Hill is that we talk and there are times where people say, do not work with this agency. Don't work with this brand. They're underpaying. They don't pay. They're um, disrespectful maybe in how, how they speak. So we'll talk about some of the brands we've worked with. We'll talk about new features. We'll talk about is Instagram acting up for you, right? We'll usually notice around the same time we've got posts that are bombing, we're losing followers and, you know, so we can at least corroborate, okay, the app's doing an update or something like that. What are you looking for when you're saying that a brand is going to be a really great partner? How can a brand show mm -hmm. up and be a really great fit for a 
influencer? Yeah, you know, coming back to how we started our conversation is recognize the work that's being put into your product. We're not just slapping some video or pictures together and putting your product or talking about your service in a post. We're trying to think, how can I creatively incorporate this in a way that my followers are going to love? So it's not just going to look like an ad in my feed that's going to tank. Recognize the work and the strategy and the creativity that are going into this and pay those kind of going rates. You know, make sure that your ask is in line with the rates that you're willing to pay. You know, we will have brands that'll ask for ownership of the content, post a reel, make a post, share a story, do a TikTok, and you've got 100,000 followers and we're going to offer you 150 bucks. <laughs> um, that just, we can't do that. These are people who are working on behalf of your brand. And we know that if you had to hire that photographer and book the studio time and hire the talent, you're talking thousands and thousands of dollars. So we're saving you money in a sense, but still want to be paid, you know, what we're worth. So really that pay and the respect of the work that we're putting in for your brand are, are definitely the top pieces. And we also look for brands that are okay with giving us a little bit of creativity. When you start giving too many hashtags, too many accounts to tag, too much creative direction about how to feature the product, where to feature it, how to talk about it, it takes away that organic oomph. And so again, we don't want to share something that's going to bomb, not for your brand and not for our account. And it takes kind of some of the fun out of it. So, um, you know, sometimes dollars can make up for having too much of somebody looking over your shoulder, but for the most part is just giving a little bit of that creative freedom. <gasps> there she is. Um, <laughs> well, there she comes. Much. There she is. Uh, she's got my sock in her mouth. She's got a funny <laughs> sock. Um, <laughs> um, Hello, Miss Ray. Uh, can you, come, you want to come up? Uh, so, you know, really giving us that creative freedom and, and really respecting the work and paying what it's, what it's worth are probably the two biggest things we look for when we want to partner with someone and we're giving praise for what it's like working for that brand. Yeah. I think that is such a under-acknowledged, I think it's getting more acknowledged how much work influencers actually put into it, especially, hi, Miss Ray. There we go. Oh, hello. She's got her pearls. (laughs) Of course she does. <laughs> she always um, has them. And like, this is one of our favorite, um, you know, partners right here is Hypnotic Dog Company. We've been working with them since she was an itty bitty account. And, you know, they just send us goodies and they treat us right. And we hear from them often. And, you know, they give us a great discount code for our followers. Like they're just fantastic to work with. So we'll forever drop their name organically. We tag them in things all the time. Um So, uh, you know, and they're just kind of a mom and pop shop out of California and they've been, we've been working with them for years now. There's something magical about that high touch point. It's almost customer service when you're working. Mm. It's a lot of PR, but it's very high touch point. You're constantly thinking beyond just the immediate short-term need and looking at the Mm long-term vision because you even saying that right now, it's like they may have not paid you Mm. much in the last, you know, six months or anything, but you are still talking about them and you're still promoting them Always. and you're going to speak really highly of them in mm-hmm. a very highly saturated market of animal lovers who are more likely to be their customers. And it's, exactly. you know, and you can tell that they care. They care mm-hmm. about you. They care about Ray. They care about your story. And that is, that speaks volumes beyond what I think that a lot of brands are kind of looking at with a lens of, 
what can we get for this quarter? How can we hit mm-hmm. our numbers for tomorrow? I mean, there's just mm-hmm. so many squishy metrics in this area that I think that in coming off of, I don't know if you can relate to this, but like coming off of 2017, 2018, where programmatic just ran everybody's face mm-hmm. into the ground with digital metrics. And you're like, man, we got to pull back a little bit further to see the actual true heart impact that you're making with these customers over the course of a totally. year, not just over a quarter. Yeah, there's so much more to this space than metrics and measurement. It's a great spot to keep, you know, it's a good thing to keep tabs on, right? We need it. We, um, it, it supports decision-making, but a lot of times you got to go with heart and gut and even a little bit of, you know, mad scientist in a sense, as far as tinkering and testing and trying and experimenting. Um, if you don't have all of these different pieces coming into your influencer plan, your organic content, whatever it is, and you're relying solely on that data and those hard numbers, you are, you're going to fail. You're just going to. I love that you use the term mad scientist. Do you feel like <laughs> playing around with Ray's account has given you more freedom and flexibility to test in your professional setting? Totally. I I feel so much less afraid to fail. Um, now, it doesn't mean that I don't hate when something doesn't go right or I've tried something out and it completely tanks because that happens and I fume on it for a little bit. But taking a chance on things is where the magic often happens. And, you know, I kind of, I'm, it has pulled me in my career away from being a perfectionist and more about, Hey, what can we try out and be okay with maybe stumbling here and trying out at least, and at least knowing that we gave it a shot and being able to say, okay, that didn't work. Let's move on. Or, Oh my gosh, this blew up for us. This, you know, earned us so many new followers or it, um, it drove, you know, XXX to our website. Um, so let's try more of that. You know, you've got to, you got to be okay with doing something different. Um, and Ray has been totally, like I said, she's been a great testing bed for that because, you know, if I don't do well there, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't let down, um, a supervisor or, um, you know, another team at work, maybe who is relying on something, but yeah, I've been able to really bring in that, that learning to kind of lots of areas of life, I think. How so? Um, you know, there's like, I think all around we have expectations that we don't get to do something unless we're amazing at it. And it keeps us from doing things we might really get a lot of enjoyment from. So I've kind of, (laughs) I've always loved painting and I never really did anything with it because I always, oh, I don't have the time or like, what am I going to do? Spend an hour doing this and it's not going to be that good. And, you know, I've been able to kind of pull away from that mindset and like, well, no, I enjoy it. And well, maybe I'll give it a shot. It it will come out really lovely. And so I recently signed up for a painting class at our um, Phoenix Art Center here. So I think that's a great question because I didn't really think about maybe how Ray's influence has bled over into that part of my life, but it really has. That's awesome. And I, that is very prevalent, even with me. I mean, I caught myself yesterday reading a book And I felt like it was a little bit of a waste of time because I had so many other things that I should be doing. But I was like, no, I need to just decompress. Like that's part of the journey for me is like I have to decompress off my phone, Mm -hmm. off social media, away from the noise and just get lost in a book right now because that's where my heart and soul needs to be. But that is a constant battle for 
I know for me and I, I know for a lot of people out there that if it's not going to be amazing or productive, Mm-hmm. then it's not going to be worth your time, which is kind of hilarious coming from the generation that got uh, trophies for showing up, <laughs> right? Right. It's totally like, okay, if I can't work out for an hour, I should have, you know, I'm just not going to work out. Well, no, I do that all no. the time. 10, 10, 15 minutes of going for a walk and doing some stretches is so good for your body. It's good for your mind. If I can't read a hundred pages of this book in a sitting, I'm not going to read. No, read, read 15 yeah, we have to be okay with progress over perfection or just doing the thing over doing all of the thing. Do do a chunk of the thing. Do a piece of the thing. I love that. Do a chunk <laughs> of the thing. Do, do just a chunk of the thing. You just don't do have a to chunk do the whole the... thing. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. I love that. Let's back up and give Ray the full introduction that she yeah. deserves because we, we kind of just dove right in and I we love did. that. We got into the philosophy here, which is so, always nice. <laughs> always fun. But for those who don't know Ray, how did Ray come into your world? Yeah. You know, I met Ray at a very unexpected moment. My uncle had called me and he goes, Hey, there's an adoption event happening um, at, it was either Kierland or Desert Ridge. Um, and they got pit bull puppies. And I was like, oh no, <laughs> that's not good for me. Um, and uh, they were, you know, that gray blue color that Ray is. And I had been pestering my husband, Brian, for a third dog at the time for a long time. And he's like, the only way we're getting a third dog is if you somehow find an adoptable gray or blue pit. And I'm like, challenge accepted, my love. Uh, and so we drove over and, um, you know, I picked her up and Brian's like, Oh, I really like that one. And I was like, well, then you just kind of answered the question. Um, so we signed her papers right there and I still have this picture I can send you after, after we're done here of me just kind of holding her in the air a little bit Simba style, but she was facing, facing me and it's just our eyes locked and, that was it. She's, she's been my gal since day one. That's awesome. I love yeah. that. I need to see that picture and uh, I will send we, might, it. we might even have to have that as the photo for this episode. <laughs> Please. I would love that. It's just too cute. So mm-hmm. tell us about raising Ray. What was that like? What was she like as a puppy and how did that translate as she got older? You know, she was the most mellow puppy. Well, maybe we only thought so because our senior KJ was just chaos embodied. Um, KJ as a puppy ripped up carpet. She ate walls. She chewed through her kennel, like everything you can imagine. And so when we got Ray, I was like, Oh, this dog is chill. Um, (laughs) and, uh, you know, she and KJ were thick as thieves from day one. And our, our then senior Fisk, who we since lost, he actually only died, you know, a short time after we got Ray, it was almost like he knew. And he, at the time was really like my soul dog. It was like, he knew, okay, mom, you got somebody who's going to look out for you. It's time. It's time for me. And, you know, she learned like, she's just quick as a whip and, um, really this just kind of follow you around the house kind of shadow dog. And, um, you know, she's just been awesome. Now, now, when I told you it was going to be real, this dog, when we, 
<laughs> now she is full grown at this point. She's like four years old, right? We come back from a little staycation at a resort here in Phoenix. Um, gone for, I think, two nights. This dog pooped right in the middle of my son's nursery. <laughs> oh, no. We got back. And she, you know, has eaten so many pairs of shoes, right? Like, she is that dog. But she's just been a total joy. She's my absolute sidekick in this world. I love that. So when when did you decide to get an Instagram for her? What caused you to want to open that account? <clears throat> Gosh, this was probably about six years ago. Um, and and like I said, it was at that time, gosh, so what year was that? 2016, 2015? Instagram was really just starting to pick up then. It had been around. And remember, people would like take a picture of Oreos and put a weird filter on it. And like, oh, yeah, that was your post. Um, and it was just starting to shift out of that world where now it was this more curated feel to it. And, you know, I had some national clients at that time. Like I said, I was working agency side. I had some national clients. I had some local clients and many of them had Instagram. And I'm like, okay, I got to figure this out because this is the next like it thing. Um, you know, we are inching away from the Facebook era. We are moving into the Instagram area. What is this all about? So I started her Instagram account because my own was like just cringe city USA. And <laughs> hers, I at least had this like cute dog to post pictures of. So really it was that testing bed that I would use to learn things that I could apply to my clients' accounts. Again, changing hashtags, changing time of day, are filters like, do we want to use filters depending on what this account is? Do I want to pick one filter and always stick with it? What about videos? You know, videos were super short on that platform for a long time. So what can you fit into this very short time frame of a video? Again, am I talking from Ray's perspective? Am I talking from my own? How do I talk from my client's perspective? Is it third person? Is it first person? Is it so really just learning, really learning, try and fail, right? Like we just talked about, I was testing, I was tinkering. I was the mad scientist and still am. So what was the moment that you realized it was going to be more than just a photo album of cute pictures? You know, I think as I started to just tick off those milestones, oh my gosh, I'm at 500 followers. Oh, I'm, I'm at a thousand. Oh, I'm at 5,000 followers. Um, and not only that, her engagement was just consistent. Um, and that's something I've always prided myself on with Ray's account is, you know, maybe we don't have the same follower growth as some of the other dogs or, or pets out there, but that engagement has always stayed strong. 10%, 15%. Um, I mean, it is tough for an influencer to get to that size and have that engagement level. So as I saw these follower milestones continue to check, 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 and her engagement ran right along with it. I was like, okay, I'm onto something here. I've got this and I got to make sure that I'm giving this the love that it really deserves. So tell us about that pressure that you feel to <laughs> give it the love it deserves. Yeah. Well, especially now, um, you know, we are part of the Instagram reels bonus structure. And so your performance is literally paying you. Not only that is you want to continue to attract, um, big brands to want to come and partner with you too. You know, you've got that pressure from a, like, Oh, I'm, this is my side hustle. I'm making money off of this, but also, you know, social media is great and fun and wonderful, but it's got that dark side and that keeping up with the Joneses side and that, you know, do more, do better, 
um, showing only the most polished pieces of your life. So there's really that kind of weight that comes along with it that you just have to stay mindful of for your mental health, for your family's <laughs> mental health. My 17 month old doesn't need me staring at my phone 24 hours a day. Um, so I really make it a point to not be managing her account when he's around. Um, so trying to walk that line, it's not always easy to do. I sometimes fall way too far one way. I mean, I've gone two weeks without posting on her account and I have paid the Instagram consequences for that. Um, or, <laughs> or going too far the other way where I'm like, okay, I'm going to get this one chance with my son to do X, Y, Z. I, I need to embrace this and love this and be fully mindful and present for this and like put this away, regardless of the fact that she's got a post blowing up right now. So um, yeah, there's kind of like pressure in both, both sides of that world. And I love the content that you share with your son and Ray. Mm -hmm. I think that those mm -hmm. ones are really sweet, especially when you hit on some of the stigma that pit bulls receive around their breed. So much stigma. I mean, we still have trolls like that will, you know, literally tell us like this dog should be dead. Um, and it's like, I actually just put a story live today where it, it's my son and Ray together. And I'm like that, that hatred and that banning pit bulls in cities, those people who are actively advocating against them, you are robbing families of this overwhelming amount of joy. You are robbing living things of finding their perfect families of having their own happily ever after that every, every dog, every pet truly deserves. Um, and so there is this really dark space when specifically when it comes to pit bulls and having a pit bull influencer that, you know, our golden retriever influencers, our beagle influencers will never ever experience. So it's truly my privilege to show this beauty and this friendship that has evolved between the two of them. I mean, it's really been there since day one, since we walked in that door with our son, but to watch the two of them grow together and be able to share that and share this side of pit bulls is truly my honor. What do you wish people would know about pit bulls who might be holding on to those negative beliefs about the breed? You know, they're just dogs. They're just dogs. Um, I could go to the scientific side and say that the way a dog looks is only about 1% of their DNA. You've got 99% of a dog's DNA crafting the rest of its story. We've got people out there who instead take that 1% of the dog's DNA and apply it to their judgment. Or the fact that the research shows that pretty much any dog attack that lands somebody in a hospital usually involves this list of the same six factors. And it's, this was a dog that has been tethered. This is an incident that happened when there was no able-bodied adult in the room, which you are never supposed to leave a dog and a child alone together. Those factors actually make up the vast majority of dog attacks and dog bites, right? There's all this actual scientific proof in the pudding research that I could point to 
or I could show you videos of Ray and Maddox together. And that's to me, the selling point, the more I can show you this bond that this very, you know, scary dog has made with this little boy. That's what I want people to see. That's what I want them to know about. And and hopefully that just helps the more you see you're exposed to those images over and over. Hopefully, you know, your mind goes there, but we truly know we're not going to change everybody's mind and that's okay. That's not your that's job. Okay. That's not my job. <laughs> you have that's enough job. jobs. <laughs> <laughs> we have enough jobs. So on a positive note, looking back at your journey with Ray and her taking on almost a life form of her own, mm-hmm. what would you say, what's like a highlight that comes to mind, like a positive experience where you're just like, oh, that, that fills my cup so much? Um, definitely our story with the dodo. Tell us about um, that. We've been, yeah. Um, you know, I um, am a PR professional in my nine to five. And I essentially pitched our story to the Dodo. So I put on my little PR hat and they accepted our story and featured us in their Soulmates series, which highlighted my relationship with Ray and specifically um, when I lost my daughter in, in 2019, how Ray was there for me, how she was that living creature that gave me a reason to need to get out of bed. You know, she needs her walks. She needs to be fed. Um, she wants my attention. Um, and her calming presence being one of the important things that helped walk me through that really difficult part in my life. Um, so that I highly recommend, um, Dodo soulmates and, um, I can send you the link to that, but that has truly been the highlight of this experiment with Ray. We'll definitely link that in the show notes. Do you feel like you still see that pop up here and there? Is it still Uh, taking a life form of its own? Yes. Our nanny just texted me yesterday and she didn't know that we had done this series. And she's like, oh my gosh, this brought tears to my eyes. And I was like, this is still circulating. So either Dodo's pushing it out. Um, You know, they, they have so much space to fill needing to put content out. I could see them reusing stories or the algorithm is still just kind of chugging it along here and there. It's got several million views on pretty much every place it's been shared. So it wouldn't surprise me if the algorithms are still just having that pop up when you have expressed an interest, you know, in the animal space. I love it. I love that story. I watched it and it was incredibly Mm -hmm. moving and beautiful. And I think that it just really shows the I mean, amazing bond that dogs have. I have, I don't know, you've probably seen my dog (laughs) on my Instagram. So red, so cute. She's so cute, but (laughs) she was like the worst puppy. But I mean, they, oh my gosh, she was the worst puppy. We love a naughty puppy. I'm sorry. I can't help it. So naughty. I've got a soft spot for the naughty ones. (laughs) Oh my gosh. But I swear she turned, I mean, it was a little bit before she turned one, but the uh-huh. bond that you have with these creatures and just seeing how they have their own personalities that fit you and your need, like when you're in need or when you're sad, they just, they know and they just gravitate to you. And it's mm-hmm. the most powerful force between mm-hmm. two living beings that can't speak to each other in a language that is shared, but they both know what you're saying. And it's, I, I just, I mean... It was a beautiful they story bring and I out, love Dodo. They bring out our best. They, they bring really out do. the best in us and they ask for a couch to lay on and scritches. <laughs> scritches 
<laughs> and they bring out all of the best things about who we are. I love them. How did you craft Ray's voice? Is it yours or did you, are you kind of picking up cues that she's hinting at? Yeah. You know, you asked, it's funny because you, you put that in the show notes and I'm like, I am actually in the middle of a little bit of a voice transition here due to reels. You know, it used to be Ray's voice and that always worked. But when reels came up, you're now kind of narrating a story versus posting a picture or posting a video and letting that run its course. You're now in charge of these mini stories that last 15 to 60 seconds. And to me, it wasn't a great fit to have it be in Ray's voice anymore. She kind of took on this playful, naughty tone, but I, my personal pet peeve with pet ads, pet influencers, I'm sorry, I love all my fellow pet influencers out there, but oh my gosh, I cannot stand baby voice. VOs on behalf, like talking pets, VOs on behalf of the pets. So I did stay far away from that space and um, just kind of let it be a little bit of a cheeky, naughty voice. But it truly has become this more me as pet mom, dog mom voice now kind of coming into the fold or even just a, a more neutral third party narrator of what's happening. That has become a lot more successful with the advent of Reels. I love that we were able to hit right in the middle of that transition. (laughs) I mean, going back to brand side, you're always thinking about, I can't write this caption in my voice. I have to write it in that of the Mm -hmm. brand or that of the heart and the soul of the organization that I'm going to be, you know, working, working on behalf of. Cause that's something that a lot of people don't really, I think from a public standpoint, perceive too much. Like, I don't know who they think Wendy's Twitter manager is. But I guarantee that that was a very well-crafted, very thoroughly thought through approach to some degree. There is probably a whole brand book guiding Uh the way Wendy's talks on Twitter, the way they've got a separate chapter for Facebook, they've got a separate chapter for Instagram, and it is a well thought through and planned every interaction. And that's probably exhausting to look at from a personal standpoint where you're like, going back to our personal social media sucks because we've given everything to the brands. Yeah. Oh, great. I would love, I would love to make some reels of my personal life, but I do, I have given everything I have to Ray and to PetSmart. So guess what? You're getting Cup runneth my, empty. My hundred, my one hundred and sixty <laughs> followers are getting <laughs> getting this picture that I took three Sundays ago, where the sun's in my eyes, and <laughs> the caption it probably has a few misspellings. Probably could be yes. worded ten times better than it is. Yes. But do we care? No, no, we do not care because it's not we for not anyone care. else. It's, it's for right. us. It's for my family and it's for my friends. And you know, my personal Instagram is locked and private. Um, and it's cause I feel like I show plenty of myself <laughs> out on rays. Like this is just for, so if you are following my personal Instagram account, know that you are a member of an elite. <laughs> crew. I love being a member of this elite crew. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love it. I live for it. So the pets influencers, as a category, I would say that they fit in under the umbrella of influencers where you are creating content. You do have to negotiate 
your terms and conditions. You do have to have that constant level of upkeep, but they almost have their unique niche because a pet influencer from a brand standpoint could be seen a, a little bit differently than a personal, um, you know, lifestyle. Hello, sweet angels. How are we husband, today? Husband and toddler are home. I'm going to close the store. You are good. <laughs> but pet influencers are almost in their own unique category compared to regular influencers, even though they do mm-hmm. fall under the same umbrella. What do you see as the main differentiator for pet influencers that brands really should keep a keen eye on as far as, hey, there might be a superpower here within these pet influencer pages that are pretty untapped when brands are thinking about who to work with? That's a great question. You know, it gives a chance to show a family. And I say family by, if it's just you and your dog, you are a family. If it's you, three dogs, eight kids, your partner, you are a family, right? It gives a chance to show this home family setting from kind of the ground up. You're getting this 360 peek behind the curtain. So, you know, it's not just this, maybe, oh, this lovely couch that we're showing. I think let's talk about Ruggable, right? I think they've done a good job at incorporating pets and they're so bespoke for pets. They work with a lot of lifestyle influencers and that's great because you can show the wine spilling or you're hosting a party. Um, and you've got, again, that polished, very curated piece of life. Or we can show the pets when they come running through that door and they've just been digging in the dirt out in the backyard. I'm not sure whose pets do that. Um, (laughs) Mine. um, Yeah, you can show that less polished side of life that is so important right now on social media. We are demanding more of this authenticity, more of this real show me who you are, show me what it's like when you've had a tough day, show me when you, you know, do something so embarrassing that it, it, it gets a million laughs, right? Um, influencers or uh, brands have a really great way to tap into that real part of our lives, that less polished life, that less curated piece of who we are, because we can't control our pets, you know, we can control the lighting, again, if I come back to Ruggable and I think like, okay, maybe you're going to show this, you're having a dinner party and somebody spills or you, you know, there's a lot of traffic coming in and out. You're still really able to manage this scene. Um, you know, you're serving very specific things. You've got a specific guest list. You're dressed a certain way, but pets kind of take all of that out of the equation. We can't control them. We can't predict them. And so working with them as an influencer gives brands this little kind of secret sauce, this edge to be able to show this authentic, real, less curated part of our lives. And that is what people want to see more of every day. Do you feel like that also impacts engagement? In the best way, you know, when, when things are too perfect, we sense it. And then it just becomes another ad. You know, you could have bought a a TV spot at that point. When we're showing something people can relate to, when we're showing like, when we're, a little bit vulnerable with ourselves in the ways pets make us be, you're getting people who want to be close to that because they're like, yes, I can relate to this. I can relate to my dog bringing in a 
dead lizard. Hmm, who else's dogs have done that before? Um, and eating it on the carpet. Or I can, you know, I, I can relate to these things that our pets do. And so tapping those um, dog, cat, small pet influencers really gives you that way in to just show this, this more vulnerable, this more real, this more um, authentic parts of who we are. Oh, you, and who your brand is. You, you hit the nail on the head and you should know that out here there was a tarantula within like mm. three feet of our dog. I can't watch when you show those things. Oh my gosh. It's been four <laughs> times since October. I'm like, why, why is this uh, our life? I, it was on brand for October for Halloween. I know it was on brand now. <laughs> I I thought we were being pranked when I looked outside and I saw this huge little hairy tarantula crawling on the back patio. I was like, someone's pranking me. And then I looked closer and I was like, oh no, that, that thing is real, real. <laughs> A lot of curse nightmare. words. But yes, I totally, totally get it. You're on Instagram. <laughs> Are you on any other platforms? Uh, yes, we are on TikTok. Mm. Tell me more about that. You know, it's just, I, um, gosh, I, I missed the boat on TikTok. I totally did. It's so funny. Um, so, uh, Noah and Lincoln, who, if you're a fan of following, um, blocky headed dogs, bully breed dogs, go follow Noah and Lincoln. Um, their mom was like early on, she's like, you've got to get on TikTok. The potential for growth is just unreal. And I couldn't, I couldn't make the time for it. I couldn't make time for one more platform. Um, and sure enough, they're at like a million, two million followers now on TikTok. And I've, you know, um, so I post like once a month on TikTok um, and used to do very well earlier on when TikTok was way less competitive. But now, so you'll see content there from us, um, but certainly not as frequently as you will on Instagram. And then we've got our Facebook up that I just kind of have as a set it and forget it. Really like Ray's account is a study in half-assing your <laughs> influencer aspirations. It really is. It's like, hey, you can do this and you can do it pretty well. You can make some money and you can you can climb, climb the ladder a little bit. Um, but if you're like me and you're not willing or not able to do a daily daily content across platforms, um, don't expect, don't expect 100 k followers on Instagram. Don't expect a million on TikTok. Um, but you can do what you like to do in your space too. And that's absolutely fine. I found tons of enjoyment from this. I get too stressed when I try to do too much. This has been a fun lane for me. That's a valuable lesson though, in all aspects, which is there is the way that you should do it if you wanted to reach X, Y, and Z. Like if you were going to do this hundred percent and you were going to completely kick ass at it, Give it everything you quit have. Quit my job. <laughs> quit your job. Leave your family. Like all the things. Get a new house. I mean, yeah. but that's the thing. I, are you familiar with Elise Myers? Ooh, I'm not. She's on TikTok. You'd actually, I think you'd like her stuff. But oh, she, she literally rents mm-hmm. another house to create content oh. out of. Yeah. Because yep. it's her full-time job. And she's amazing and incredible mm-hmm. and really good at what she does. But she literally rents another house. So she says goodbye to her kid and her family in the morning and then goes to work at this other house to create content all day. It's insane. I mean, it's it's it not insane, but 
job. It is a job. And that is the reality. I think if if I if I were to tell my parents that, they'd be like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, Bam, what? are you okay? <laughs> are you good? But that's the thing is that it's a personal choice what you want to do with your time. And your time yeah. is such a valuable resource. And people who think that you can go and create this like mega platform. Like I heard someone saying the other day, they're like, we need to, you need to brands at this point need to have like an Instagram manager and a TikTok manager. Like those are two separate mm-hmm. jobs. And I'm like, yes, they should. If you are Sounds wanting great. to blow it out of the water, you absolutely should do that. But then it gets back to resourcing, which is people only have so much time in their days and you only have so much money in your budget to be able to hire for those people to have those hours mm-hmm. in those days. And mm-hmm. there's, I think, I don't know if you run into this because now you're in-house, but in the agency land, when you're working with different clients, you'll sometimes have clients that are like, well, why aren't you posting every single day? And it's like, we absolutely could. <laughs> yeah. Here's your retainer for posting Here's- every single day. Half this mm-hmm. Sign on the dotted line. We'll get you squared away. We will find those resources to do that. But it's not from a lack of caring or a lack of what is best to do, but it's within what you can do. And that Mm -hmm. comes back to you, which is you only have so much of your time that you are willing and able to give. And even the time that is for you or for you and your son or you and your husband or you and Ray, it's like that Mm -hmm. is precious time that is of value to you that cannot be transferred over. And there's no consequence and no love loss that you're not at a million followers. Exactly. Because that's not in the that's not in the resource bucket. Exactly. That's a, such a great point. And I think like just taking a minute to throw love to our social media managers out there. You are communicators. You're mini producers. Uh, you're strategists. You're research experts that are constantly, constantly having to keep tabs on changing algorithms, changing tools, changing this, changing that. I mean, every social media manager, leader, coordinator, whoever has to be this kind of mini Swiss army knife um, and and need to be treated as the valuable resource they are. I think I, I hopefully we're coming out of this era where we devalue what our, our social experts bring to the table, but um, just throwing mad love, mad props out to our our social managers, social specialists out there, um, and hopefully encouraging folks in leadership roles to make sure that those people are, um, you know, treated with the value that they deserve because they are, uh, they're the face of the company, right? When you're trying to learn about a company or a brand, you're usually going to their social channels first, Uh, like, right? Like most of the time. (laughs) Exactly. And that's where I think this next wave of leadership, like you being in that director role and being able to have a say as far as what you're doing for the company, you Mm -hmm. have, because of this experience that you have and because of everything that you've done in your career, you are going to be more comfortable with someone coming to you and saying, hey, I want to try this out. Whereas you understand space enough and maybe senior leadership historically didn't really understand it. Mm-hmm. And so they're, when they're coming in, they're saying, hey, Reels just came out, but I don't have any way to track data on it because analytics mm-hmm. did not follow Reels for months. months. Here, let's just go in and manually do this. That's fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's like, can you trust me to yeah. trial and error and see if we can get some traction here? And same thing with TikTok. It's like TikTok didn't have analytics for what, two years? 
So you're having to manually, if you're going to track it, you're going to have to manually pull it in. And there's leadership out there, I think to this day, that are still like, if I cannot track it, I don't want to do it. And how much did you miss by not giving that a shot and giving it a fair chance to see if it would pick Mm -hmm. up traction and then allowing the time to pass so that analytics now are available. Now we can go and look and see, but you kind of missed, you missed the boat. because platform is now so saturated. Exactly. The second analytics follow, I mean, you, you kind of missed the boat. (laughs) Yeah. It's, I mean, it goes back to what we said earlier, right? In the social space, you have to carve room out for gut and heart and, and emotion and that little voice in your head that says, give this a shot. And if you're not willing to do that, you're not going to keep up with your competitors. You're not going to break through all of the noise that's out there because everybody's out there. Um, and you're not going to build that, that loyal following. You're not going to build community. You're not going to grow consumers who come to you because they love who you are and they love what you stand for. Maybe you're a little bit more expensive. Maybe your shipping's a little bit slower, but they love who you are and you don't get to quantify that. You can't measure that. And that's kind of the great thing about social media is you get to put that little piece of yourself into it. I love that. So what is the future for Ray the Pitbull? Uh, um, well, we're going to keep riding out this Reels bonus train as long as Um, the future of Ray the Pitbull is probably try to post in TikTok a little bit more than we have been like just once every other week (laughs) instead of once a month. Don't don't get crazy. Um, (laughs) that's, I mean, that is double the posting. So I mean, lofty goal. Double. It is 100% increase. Um, and just letting her live her best life. We had turf put out in the backyard, as you know, here in Phoenix, that's like, it's a great step to do um, to not suck our precious water resources, but get some softness and some, some greenery in your space. And she is just sunbathing out there and um, you know, just getting into mischief with my son, like every second of the day. And so her future is bright. I mean, truly we've got, we've got lounging in the turf. We've got getting into mischief with a toddler and loving on her, uh, her senior mutt sister, KJ. I love it. Other than um, kind of those uh, those little cheesy moments is really, uh, I, I would like to start posting to TikTok like just every other week just to keep that as kind of like our backup presence because um, brands are really wanting to offer kind of a partnership in both Instagram and TikTok now so that they're hitting those two demographics. So I know if we can offer a little bit more there, we'll probably be able to scoop up some more brand partnerships. So I got to gotta get on my game a bit more there. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get the followers rolling. Where can our audience find you on Instagram, TikTok, and anywhere else? And uh, and Facebook, but um, it's just at Ray the Pitbull. And her website is being worked on now as we speak too. So we should have a nice little update coming soon to her website. That'll look a lot more polished professional. Um, I built, built the thing myself, you know, two years ago and it looks like I built the thing myself two years ago. So we've got, um, got some folks working on it now that'll be updated here pretty soon. Oh my gosh. And that's just Ray, Ray, the pitbull.com too. So yeah. Ray is R E Y the pitbull. So you can go ahead and follow and find her there and keep up with Jack and her precious son and the whole gang. But this was 
Very enlightening to take a peek behind the curtain into the pet world. Crazy a little bit and a lot of similarity and, you know, some surprising difference for the standard influencer world. So be kind to yourself for all that you do. And it's amazing what you're able to pull off in the few hours between everything you have going on. So props to you. you. Thank you. And I've loved watching your business grow in the short time, what, maybe two years that we've been apart. So um, congratulations on everything you've done. And I know all that lies ahead. So thank you. You've got a big cheerleader here. (laughs) You too. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Social Complex Podcast. Your support means the world to me. So if you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, be sure to leave a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. We'll be releasing a new episode every Tuesday, bringing you various stories, deep dives, and discussions around the complexities of social media in our modern world. To follow along for more, be sure to follow us at Your Social HQ on Instagram or check out Social HQ at www.yoursocialhq.com. I'm your host, Hillary Applegate, and I'll see you back here next week. Stay sane out there.